You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, segment number three as we move along. If you're listening to us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, thanks for being with us. If you're listening to us on the Odyssey Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast, you might be listening on your phone, on Apple uh, Podcasts, you might be listening on Spotify, you might have said, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today. If you're listening to us on the kitchen as you cook or as you get in the car, hello, hope on watch. Welcome back, Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We now turn our attention to the Raiders game this weekend against the Denver Broncos. Of course, they face their AFC West foe, also struggling. And to talk about that, we bring on the great Nick Ferguson, of course, 12-year veteran in the NFL safety. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. He's also the co-host of the TD Denver podcast, also an Odyssey original. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you. We know you're on your way out to practice and certainly uh, look forward to talking to you about some football. Well, thanks for, uh, for having me. It should be a really interesting game played uh, against uh, two bad teams in the NFL right now. <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't supposed to be the way. And that's where I'm going to start with you, because if you remember the offseason, I'm sure you guys talked about it on your podcast as well, which was the AFC West was going to be the best division in all of football, it was going to be the best division in the last 25 years. I threw red meat at the crowd. Everybody thought that's what it was going to be. Now here we are almost at Thanksgiving, and it's nowhere near what people thought. The Chiefs are better than people thought they would be. Remember, Tyree Kill was in Miami, and Patrick Mahomes was going to struggle. We haven't really seen that, but what we have seen is the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders all struggle. Were you surprised at how this division so far halfway through the season has shaken out? Yeah, I'm, I was really surprised because uh, before the season – uh, after the change, uh, you know, the Raiders add Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams and that connection with both he and Derek Carr going back to high school, I mean, to college, excuse me, I was thinking, like, okay, well, at least three teams out of the AFC West were going to make the playoffs, but uh, what a change of events that we're both experienced, both in Las Vegas and here in Denver, and believe it or not, we are having some of the same issues that both yes. teams are having. And it's like, okay, you get a new coordinator, 
the new signal call is like, hey, things are going to be great. It's going to be robust from an offensive standpoint. Really hasn't been that for the Raiders. Hasn't really been that for the Broncos. And then if you look at the Broncos, 14 guys on IR. I think the Raiders have about 12. Mm-hmm. And you look at both offensive line units, you know, uh, they're not playing really well. And both of these teams, the offensive schemes that they employ, work well when you're running the ball. And they haven't been doing that as of late. Yeah, it's a great point. And I know for, for many reasons, you're right. There are so many similarities between these two teams with the offense and the defense. Uh, on the Broncos side, though, the defense it seems to be playing. And the Broncos offense, Russell Wilson, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, right? Raider fans don't like me saying that, but I am. So when he got to Denver, I was expecting a lot of it. We've now seen them uh, really struggle at three and six, obviously. And then you look at their offense it's it's bottom in the NFL, and and I think it's going back. You guys talked about on your podcast, I think it was this week or last week, that in in forty nine games since they won the Super Bowl, the Raider or excuse me, the Broncos have scored seventeen or less, and that hasn't improved this year. Is it is it issue? What first of all, tell me your diagnosis. What's going on with Russell Wilson? Number one, is it a scheme fit? Is it just him not having the tools? Obviously, because of the injuries. What's going on with that Broncos offense? It's a combination of of, of several things. One, not really having all the personnel that you need to be successful. And that Mm -hmm. starts up front. That offensive line has really been beat up. And even when they were healthy, they were still not playing well as a collective unit. I go back to the game early in the season when the Raiders uh, hosted the Broncos. Max Crosby was having a day. And I know (laughs) Max Crosby is one hell of a player, and he does that to a lot of offensive linemen. But I thought that this group collectively was going to do a better job. Now, also look at the play calling. Here's where I lowered my expectations when Russell joined the Broncos because I know it's always a tough match when you put a new head coach, offensive coordinator with a new quarterback. I saw the same thing with the Broncos when they acquired Peyton Manning, and he had to learn and adjust to that of Gary Kubiak system. So Mm. things are not always going to mesh. You look right back in your own backyard with Josh McDaniels, who was believed as being one of the smartest guys outside of Sean McVay. But guess what? The Raiders offense are struggling. And you go back and you look at the Colts. Had an MVP quarterback in Matt Ryan, who they put on a shelf for a while until they fired Frank Wright. He, too, was having issues understanding a new system. So it's not just Russell. It is not just Matt Ryan. It is Derek Carr as well. Yeah. No, and that's the thing we talk about with Derek Carr. And 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 we, there's this duality, as you know. Derek Carr is polarizing with Raiders fans, right? There's Raiders fans who think he's the worst quarterback to ever play, which obviously is not true. And then there's people who could think he can't do any wrong. And I feel for the guy because, and I said this today, and of course people attack me for it, but uh, I said, listen, uh, I respect the guy for his loyalty to the franchise because if it was me and you've been a player, you've been a coach, I would have asked for a trade a long time ago with all the dysfunction they've had there. But your point about Derek Carr, not he's not comfortable in the system and Russell Wilson doesn't look comfortable in that system either. No, neither quarterback looks uh, comfortable. But here's what you have to do if you are an offensive coordinator. You have to check your ego at the door. The same thing you (laughs) ask players to do at the same time. Let's be totally honest. Josh McDaniels is your quarterback. But we know he comes from New England where their egos are bigger than the Rocky Mountains, right? (laughs) So so for him, he's got to lower his ego, check it at the door, and say, okay, well, we don't have Darren Waller. We don't have Hunter Renfro. 
You got Foster Monroe. You got Josh Jacobs. We have Devontae Adams and a couple other wide receivers. How do we make this easier on our quarterback? Yeah, you want to take shots down the ball, but the biggest thing, turn around, hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Allow that offensive line to set the tempo, and then you're able to take your shots down the field. But it just seems as though Josh McDaniels is committed, just like Nathaniel Hackett, to running their schemes instead of catering them to their quarterbacks. Man, that is so dead on, and we've been saying that, too, on the show quite a bit. And 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 that's the other thing here, too. Obviously, Josh McDaniels, with his history in Denver— so Denver knows him well from his first iteration, although when he got the Raider job, he said, well, that was a different guy. But we're seeing some of the things that that he did wrong in Denver repeat themselves. And with Nathaniel Hackett, the same thing. When Hackett started off early and struggled in the season, they brought in somebody to kind of be, I don't know, like an internal coach for him, right? Somebody who's going to help him. Has that worked at all? Have you seen any improvement there? And is that something that might work in Vegas with McDaniels, or does it get back to your point that, man, these are egos and these guys are not going to give in. They're going to be who they are. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, for a hacker, yeah, you, they bring in an outside guy to kind of help him with game management. That right. th- that person wasn't brought in to actually help him with play calling and scheme. So when you look at Josh McDaniels, can Josh McDaniels or would he actually bring someone else in to handle in-game management? And the answer to that question is no, because here's the difference between the two coaches. One has a massive ego and the other not not so much. And then... Josh McDaniels has more experience in this league being in more big-time games than Nathaniel Hackett. So Mm -hmm. he has more experience, but can he relinquish control to someone else so he can go ahead and be a head coach, delegate responsibilities, look at the special team, look at the defense, look at the personnel? And the answer to that question, I'm sorry, it is no. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I I know obviously fans get really emotional and, and, they already want Josh McDaniels fired, but you're starting to hear the conversation around uh, coaching staffs and and coaches in the NFL. You know, they used to it was a little bit like college, right? They used to get three years, four years to kind of build their team. Not anymore, right? We see guys get blown out after one year all the time, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with both coaches. Let's turn to some positives with the with the Broncos. One guy that I I, I like a lot and I think has played well has been Draymond Jones. Talk about him on the defense. Why? What? What's he done this year, and what what did they do to improve that defensive front that has helped him a lot? Well, you know, there was a lot of knock on Draymond Jones. Could he live up to uh, expectations? But here's the thing that changed for Draymond Jones. You bring in Jiro Evero comes over from the Rams, who brings in his scheme. But the biggest thing was they brought in DJ Jones, another run stuffer mm. from uh, San Francisco. And what, what that helps, because when you see another guy next to you playing well, if you are competitive, guess what? You're like, hey, he's not going to have more plays on the stat sheet, positive plays, that is, than I have. So that was forced him to kind of step his game up. But also, when you have the edge rush that we had and we no longer have uh, Bradley Chubby's down in Miami on South Beach, but that also <laughs> helps as well because when, when when offensive teams are sliding protection to your edge rushers, now mm-hmm. that means you have one-on-one inside, and if you can work your hands and get your your hips even with that guard, 
Now you can put pressure on that quarterback. But those are some of the things that Draymond Jones has done well. And to boot, he's playing for a contract at the end of the season. And usually how it works in the NFL, if you're on that contract here, you're trying to get as many positive stats as you can because either your current team is going to play, going to pay you or someone else. That's right. I mean, we're seeing that in Vegas with uh, with Josh Jacobs, obviously, who's having a great year at running back and has stayed healthy, which has been the only issue with him over previous seasons. So it's good. Uh, let uh, Appreciate all the time today, Nick. Let me ask you this sort of in closing. You look at this Broncos franchise, of course, new ownership, right? Um, and the rest of the season, they sit at three and six. The Raiders are at two and seven right behind them. This is a game even Nathaniel Hackett at the press conference said, well, somebody's got to win this one, right? Which um, I think was tongue in cheek, but for, fan, <laughs> for fans, that joke didn't land, right? Nobody wants to hear how bad they are um but when you look at the broncos the rest no, of this no season, no no one hit that yeah, yeah exactly but when you look at them the rest of the season the broncos what 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 goals are they going to have what do they need to find out about this team we know the head coach clearly but the rest of that roster what do they need to find out between now and the end of the season so that they can bring about change and try to turn the thing around next season well the broncos have 24 guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents so if you're one of those guys one, you're trying to end the season healthy, uh, but also you want to end the season on a very productive note because, once again, you are playing for a contract, and this is where other teams around the league and the Broncos as, as well, they're looking at these last couple of games as evaluations, which guys continue to play, which guys kind of you know cut bait and their minds were totally out of it, and those are the guys you definitely don't want to bring back. But if you're a current guy, you have a long-term deal like a Corlin Sutton, like a Russell Wilson, you want to go out and try to stack bricks, as we would like to call it. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is continue to have a positive showing because George Payton, the GM, said that he wants to see progress. Now, there is a chance, and, and when I said this, Broncos fans lost their mind, but there is a chance that Nathaniel Hackett is able to keep his job because just like Josh McDaniels, they have the ticky uh, the tiki torches here, and they have the pick forts, and they're ready to <laughs> run him out of town. But here's, here's how he wins. Here's a possibility. He can say, well, listen, I wasn't really set up for success as much as I can because I didn't have the uh, personnel needed to show how well my offense can actually go out. So with that being said, if you give me one more year, Russell Wilson in this offense, we're able to go out and get some other players. Now I would be able to show you, but after one season, is it a knee-jerk reaction? I know neither team is playing well under the current coaches, but to me, you have to be a little patient, and that's hard to tell fans who have been waiting to see their team in the postseason. Yeah, especially all the money they have to spend. And, and, and you probably know uh, in Vegas, the ticket prices are the highest in the NFL. Uh, so people are people, and that's an adjustment for fans that were from Oakland because they used to be the lowest prices in the NFL. So it's, right. gone, through, it's gone through the roof. Uh, but it's a good point. And, 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 and to close, I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, both these teams have very similar issues, uh, not only with the coaching, but also with rosters. They, they just don't have the talent they need. To compete, look. The, the the ideal is you have to beat the Chiefs. They are the class of the division until they're not. And so both these teams have to build those rosters. And clearly, they're both not there. In addition to the other issues. So, uh, Nick, we appreciate it, man. Make sure you follow Nick at Nick Ferguson underscore twenty five and catch him on the TD Denver podcast here on our Odyssey Network. Nick, thanks for being with us, man. And take care of yourself. And we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Be good. All right, you too, man. Thank you so much. 
All right, we're going to step aside when we come back. The show rolls on. Evan Grote rejoins me. We're going to talk about this Denver game and close it out with a little bit of fun because you guys need fun. Don't get too serious. Everybody's at each other's throats. And I know even people are angry tweeting me because I'm telling you to be positive. So we'll be back right after this break. You're listening to Silver and Black today at Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 